Uh, hey, everybody, this is Scooter. I just want to thank you. We we totally nailed it on the shirts. You guys totally nailed it on the shirts. We, uh, we, we said the goals be set because I didn't know how to set those. So there's some experiments we learned. But as far as your help, we hit the goals to get a new mic, to get a new preamplifier, and, 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 and I had bought a new and to help cover the offset the cost of a new laptop. That's all done because of you guys. So your support is strong, and I really, really appreciate it. I can't keep, I can't keep doing this podcast without you guys' help. You know, spiritual, emotional, and the financial help you just offered by get, help of buying a shirt. So I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Oh, wait, hey, we're getting a phone call. In one second, I got, I got to check this phone call. Hey, you up all night? Tossing, turning, mind racing. You having trouble getting to sleep? Trouble falling asleep? Well, welcome. This is Sleep With Me. The podcast is here to put you to sleep. We do it with a bedtime story. All you need to do is get in the bed, turn out the lights, and press play. We're going to do the rest. Hey, you up all night tossing, turning, mind racing. Trouble getting to sleep, trouble falling asleep, welcome. This is Sleep With Me, the podcast that's here to put you to sleep. We do it with a bedtime story tonight. It's our newest serial story, which you'll be finding more about out later. All you need to do is get in bed, turn out the lights and press play. We're going to do the rest. And what, uh, I love saying, and what perchance to dream... Could you explain to me the rest in simple language, so clean? It's say, well, uh, Protuglio, or whatever Shakespearean-style name you have. Uh, henceforth, I shall. Uh, what I'm going to do is I'm going to create a safe place. E place of safety, shall we say, uh, where you can set aside whatever's running through your brain, racing through ye brain, to temperamental spirits three or forty-three, that glimpse upon ye bedstead nightly, you know, whatever, if say you got some lunatic poet, you say, Jesus, are you a poet or a spoken word artist? But whatever it is, please stop. I'm trying to go to sleep. And I say, no, I'm a spreadsheet, you know, fa- family budgeting poet, spoken family budgeting poetry in a shaming voice. Ye budget is so reddish in the tint that shades the pen within the hope has gone down the drain furnish repairs drive you insane your walk is cracked your heart is heavy a second job and don't forget to pay the government's levies okay that you sound more like a seuss does shakespeare but anyway, whatever is running, like, say you get any stuff like that running through, or some normal version of that, where it's just like, hey, we got to meet the budget, you know, you start worrying. You get in bed, you're tired, you need to sleep, so you're already worried about that. You got a whole life going on. 
And then your brain gets quiet and either your body speaks up or, you know, whatever your feelings. Or you say, geez, I forgot to write that down. Am I going to, you know, all, oh my gosh, it's a, it's a, you know, somebody's birthday. And we all know that it's like, geez, I just want to quiet things down and get some sleep. And that's an easy thing to say, but it's not an easy thing to do. And, and I think we're, we're all in agreement of that. And this podcast is one option for, for, for the people it works for. What I'm going to do is tell a story. I'm going to try to take a lulling, soothing tone. If you've been listening and haven't hung up yet or whatever the modern equivalent of that is, press stop, I guess, delete, eject, jettison. If you haven't jettisoned yourself, jettisoned your headphones. Say, so, geez, jettison's a nice word. But I'm going to do this kind of stuff, a little silly, pointless meanders, nonsense, uh, you know, sense, senseless, insensitive, sense, senseless, but sensitive, nonsensibility or some, you know, I said, geez, I don't have any nonsense in here. I don't even think I saw nonsense, but we got plenty of nonsense. We're friendly. I'm your boyfriend. I'm just going to chatter on, and I want to help you fall asleep. And if you, if you can't fall asleep or it takes you a while to fall asleep, I promise I'll have a fully, for, well, a formed story, fully formed in my mind, but just like a child, you know, molding some Play-Doh. You'd say, you'd say oh, look at this. Look at what I made with the Play-Doh. That's what I say. Well, listen to this story. I can't wait to tell it to you. Seriously, I'm very nervous, too. But you'd probably say, if you're a pleasant enough person, you say, well, geez, that's wonderful. How did you? And you say, hey, do you know what the... Or you'd ask a probing question. Yeah, you love how the purple and the blue mixes together right there. at the. And then you'd say, oh, yes, it's a tale of this. That's what I'll do. But the thing is, I'm not, and this isn't a negative word, sometimes used, I'm not needy uh, at this time. You know, you just turn me on and and I ramble. So I don't need your attention. I don't need you to, you know, right now. So what do you call that? Vindicate me? Authenticate me? No. If anybody knows what that double authentication is, it's confusing the hell out of me. I probably have already done it, but I said, geez, what's the double authentication everybody's talking about? Uh, but I don't need whatever the, the, the term is that's like those, the proper word. I don't really need that right now. I want to say vindication again. I know that's wrong. But you know where you say, geez, those are my feelings, and I want you to hear them and understand them. And no, don't worry about it. I'm your boyfriend. I'm here for one thing. Well, no, I'm here for... Main thing, bore you to sleep, blow you to sleep, dull you to sleep. Point two, if I can't do that, hopefully I'll have a, a distracting little story with a lot of long meanders and asides tucked in there. Give you a little smile, tuck you in a little bit, you know. Uh, so that's what we do here, and I'm glad you're here. This is an acquired taste, but it's open to all. You know, they say, geez, if you like it, hang out and stay. I'm I'm happy to have you. I'm happy to help you fall asleep. You know, it might take a couple of check-ins to see. And some people loathe these long uh, 
intros I do, and I put the timestamp in there so you can skip it. That, that won't bother me either. Go ahead and skip it. Uh, but some people like them. They say, Jesus puts me right to sleep. I don't even get to the story. So I'm looking to do, you know, I'm trying to help. That's what I'm here for. I hope I help you fall asleep, and I'm glad you're here. All right, let's move on. Hey, okay, hey, hey we got, oh, we got another call coming in. Thank you, Bob. Uh, Bob's on, the, Bob's our operator. Uh, okay, go ahead, play the phone call, Bob. Hey, Scooter, um, this is Chevy McCrone calling from uh, North Queensland in Australia. Um, been listening to you for a little while now. Um, pretty, pretty big, um, excited person to come across your your podcast that makes a huge difference to me uh, mentally um, and prepares me for my job. Um, as for sleep for summer, um, it's actually winter here, but I live in the tropics, so um, it's about 24 degrees Celsius at the moment, and I'm wearing shorts and a T-shirt, so it's, it's actually kind of like summer, um, so I don't feel so left out, so it still feels summery to me. Um, yeah, I'm going to try to be, um, with my sleep of summer, um, I'm trying to clear out a lot of my books. Um, I've been trying to donate them to charities and also to the library and to old people's homes, but they don't really want them, which is really weird. So, um, yeah, instead I'm just making up packages and giving them to the local um, opportunity shops and um, charity stores so they can maybe sell them and make some money for helping people. Um, but yeah, other than that, I'm trying to be more mindful of my health because, um, it's not the best, but you know, what are you going to do? But Scooter, you've made a huge difference in my life and, um, I really appreciate what, what you do for us. And, um, yeah, the community on Facebook is awesome. Um, yeah, so just keep up the good work, mate. Like seriously, we, we love you and, uh, you can do no wrong. So um, I might call you and annoy you again now that I've worked out how to make an international phone call. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I might call you and tell you what I'm up to later. But please take care of yourself and um, and know that you're well-loved. And um, we'll catch you next time. Thanks, Scoots. Bye. Thank you so much, Shabby, for calling. I really appreciate your support. Uh, all, all, you know, for, for all, all you across the globe, I can't believe it. Uh, thank you, guys. All right, guys, uh, without any further ado, I'd like to introduce our new series. Uh, I'm going to throw it to, throw to Scooter. Maybe I'll put some, maybe put some uh, transitory music in here, maybe. Maybe not. Uh, okay, no. Uh, you know, when you look at a stage... Older stages are made of wood, but newer stages tend to gleam. They tend to have a shine or a sheen. I look at those stages and I wonder, are they black? Are they dark blue? If I had a better seat, would I see? Would I see, you know, something? No. If I had a better seat, if I had a better seat, would I see what color, if it was black or blue? And I stared out of this stage in front of me, an empty stage. And I thought of the few times I've sat in the audience and seen an empty stage when it hadn't been part of the performance. And it pulled you out in a way I don't know if you could pull yourself back in. 
for the stage would be either too vast or too small. You'd just see a wall right back there. Or it'd go back into a nothing, into a distance. He says, geez, I don't know what's beyond there, but it's not, but, but it's not, it takes away from the magic. And you see sandbags and, 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 and but, but when the curtain lowers, it creates this barrier, but mostly it creates this anticipation as I was staring out it is gleaming black to navy glimmering gleaming it's a more of a glimmer uh, the curtain finally fell so that all I could say was it was it was a the flat black and blue in front of me. And, and then the, the a diaphanous, I'm not sure if it's diaphanous, billowing curtain. And when you're in a theater, it always gives you, and it's, if you're waiting and you're in the right mood, you say, geez, what's going on back there? You're either wondering, is people working or actors setting up? Or, or are you just preparing to disengage from reality? Get in the zone, as Ray would say. And, and then you, you get nervous, or do you get excited? Well, in this case, I was nervous. As this curtain fell in front of me, I thought about the curtain of the night. Uh, I thought about the curtain of the night before, for this curtain had fallen in a post-dawn sea, just past dawn. This fog had just rolled and appeared. For the night had fallen, and in some sense, that's a curtain, especially where we were, surrounded in inky blackness and and and, 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 and afraid. You know, the night is kind of like a curtain, and that had already lowered and raised. But the previous night, when 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 the Inky blackness had surrounded us. We worked on and off, taking turns to watch, preparing for, for, for the coming morning, which was now here. And mostly we tried to rest. But as I, as I talked to him, his stare, they noticed that this, this curtain, this fog, has descended on this post on sea in front of me. It doesn't seem natural. It's gray and, and, and very straight line, just like a curtain. And part of me hears some music. It's the music that I guess in some sense is, is what's causing my undoing, what's causing me to be here. Seeing somewhere, anticipating something, stepping on this stage, this sea stage... And I'm wondering if this music is playing somewhere on a ship, for I'm on a ship rocking back and forth, but it, clearly my thoughts are rocking back and forth. And I, and I can I try, I try to hear the sounds of the waves lapping, and I can hear the sounds of, of men working and, and chatter. But I can also hear this music, and I look at some of the faces around me. 
But I'm afraid to ask. It's like, you know, part of me wants to ask, do you hear that? Do you hear that song? But I'm afraid to have it confirmed either way. I said, well, it could be magic. And my thoughts were interrupted by some man saying, ahoy, I think he said. I said, geez, I don't have this language down yet. And then onto the stage through the curtain, steps were waiting for a ship. It glides out of the, the fog bank, almost like a lone ice skater on a pond. And some idyllic situation you'd happen upon in a forest fantasy. And you see, Jesus, that is that the ice princess or something. Skating with Gracie, this makes me want to say Bolshoi Ballet, with this grace. And you see, Jesus, and I watch this ship, and it has that same steady grace, carving and, and gliding along the, uh, carving and gliding. See, it was almost like a dance, and the image of a, the silver sparkly thing is still in my head when the sounds of like when someone shakes a sheet out before they hang it on their clothing line that foof sound and my heart was already I guess I don't know if squished is a word but when that sound hit and then someone's again another on a, a guttural cry and I saw poof, poofs of smoke around the the dancing ship off in the distance. And it felt like my heart stopped. It makes me want to stop here and, and, and take you back and, and not just disorient you with uh, to what brought me to this moment. Uh, what, what, what took hold and what propel, propel me forward. Because it took place, you know, out on the transverse plane. And you'll understand how it's tied to Aberdeen and all that, but it really doesn't need to make any sense. And in some sense, it doesn't because things we do, especially when we're in the middle of it like I am now, they, they don't always ever make sense. Uh, but, but out there... You guys know, some of you that have been listening, or if you listened to the pilot last week, that, you know, I used to work from time to time, up until just recently at this bed and breakfast. They exist just out on the edge of what we would call the universe, or the edge of sensibility going with the theme of this show. Out on what what is known as transverse court is the street it's known as you know by the post office, which is out on the edge of this thing called the transverse plane, where some universes happen to enter. I have no idea. I don't. It's way beyond my understanding. But it's where some some metaphys. It's not metaphysical. I don't think. But it's a transverse plane. And the couple that runs the bread and bed, the couple that runs the bed and breakfast, they don't run it for people like me and you. They run it for people that have, they need to spend some time out on the transverse plane 
to, you know, get some R&R. We've talked about it a little bit before. And I worked out there telling stories, you know, when the Halloween season comes, a lot of these Halloween people that are portrayed in our media, their unresolved feelings come up and they go out there to deal with it. And I talked to the couple that ran into hiring me to tell bedtime stories out there. And that went went well and not so well. Uh, but, but I also hinted recently that I kind of been keeping something from you is that I met a friend out there when I was working. And I want to say it became a friendship, I guess. Uh, well, but now it's too late to say that because it's beyond that. But out there in the bed and breakfast, they have, you know, most bed and breakfasts, a lot of them have a little couple of cottages. You know, say, so I guess if you're into some, some loud stuff and uh, you say, well, I want a little more privacy, we're really, you know, or, you know, you're super famous or maybe you're a writer or they use it as an office. And I'd met, you know, Lady Witchbeard out there once upon a time. And I'd gotten this letter, you know, I'd keep in touch with the people there. i say, geez, if you ever want me to come back, you know, it gets busy. But lately I'd been busy with the podcast. But they said, hey, come out. You know, make sure your presence is known. And, and I actually like it out there because I can stock up on candy. Because previously I had to have someone. I don't, again, let's not get into the physics or the metaphysics of it. But I'd have to go on a transverse plane with somebody who was supposed to be out there. And in some sort of the middle region, region of the transverse plane, like the uh, ante room or the lobby, nothing like either one of those. For some reason, when I'm in there, there's some sort of candy element to the environment. I, so I like to go there and stock up on candy, and it's always kind of ran, It's not a randomizer. And it tends to be pretty damn good candy. I said, hopefully this isn't, you know, dislodging my internal space. You know, I said, geez, oh boy, I still got all my electrons. And I think at the woman at the bottom, she said, nope. And we had a good laugh at that. And then, you know, bed and breakfast, you know, you can't eat a breakfast there every day. Obviously, it wouldn't be healthy, but they make a hell of a scone. And I brought some tea, you know, some of the tea, just a little bit of the tea you guys gave me out there, and we drank some tea. But for a while, I saw someone moving in the cottage, and I said, well, geez, who's in that cottage? And they said, you know, we can't talk about it. And I said, okay. And I, you know, of course, I acted. I said, well, it's fine. I'm not interested one bit at all. And I said, just forget about that cottage. It's not really there. Uh, even I pretended I was talking to myself. And I said, no problem, you know, to fool, double fool them. And then I said, well, geez, I'll be back soon, you know. And I said, I'm low on gummy worms, hoping to get, I hope it's gummy worm season on the transverse plane. And then, but I didn't go near the cottage for a few times. And then after I thought, I said, I still saw something moving in there. And I know. I don't know if everybody agrees with this, but are human, do we have some sort of, uh, what is that called? Like location awareness. I know that they call it on a phone proximity alarm. They call it on a spaceship. 
but they say that some animals can tell when you're coming home. And sometimes you can sense, you know, when someone you have a affinity for or an attraction to, maybe even not a romantic attraction, but you're drawn to. I said, there's some, something in that cottage drawing me there. And finally, uh, I went around and I said, well, geez, I'll just, I played dumb and I went around the back of the cottage. Because like all cottages, they have French doors. I mean, bed and breakfast, like I've talked about, they have a hell of a lot of French doors. But so I went out there and I just had some tea on the cottage's patio in front of the French doors and acted like it was an uninhabited cottage, even though I knew it was inhabited. And then I started singing really annoying songs. I was sitting there drinking tea. That was the first time. And then the second time I wore headphones and sang even louder, even though I wasn't listening to anything. And somewhere along there, maybe I could have made a better choice. I say, geez, where... You know, as I sit sit in in this current mess I'm in, I say, where in there could I have changed my choice? But it it wasn't the moment of no return, because I'll never forget that. But finally, after the second time with the headphones, I felt a tap, tap, tapping on the glass, and it was a nail, a hard nail. And I pretended, I did the old look around, but not in the direction of the noise. And then I went back to my singing, like, oh, it must have been a bird. And then it was a pound, pound, pounding. And then I did the old look on the roof move. And behind a bush that was to the right of the French door, no, the left of the French door. Well, I guess if you were coming out of the French door, it would be on the right, but it was on my left. Uh, when it was really pounding, whoever it was, I still didn't know who it was because I was actually ignoring them, you know, to try to throw them into a fit of rage. I don't know what I was thinking. So then when they were really pounding, I pretended my music was really loud, and then I turned to the French doors in pretend, pretend I saw who it was. But not too clearly. I saw patches of green and, and black. And then I pretended to fix my hair like I had a full reflection of myself. And I started, you know, doing the point at yourself and talk and wink. And then finally the door was open and swung open. And standing there was Lady Witchbeard. Uh, and she was in, uh, she was in a, she was in some, I said, well, I, I guess I didn't want to get into it now, just, but she was in a, in a I guess maybe, Probably what you'd wear around a bed and breakfast if you lived in a cottage and didn't go outside. But a lot of witch clothes kind of tend to look like, you know, depending on how layered they are, you know, like a nightgown. But it was black. I said, is that santine or silk or something? I didn't say that at the time. Now I'm just replaying it in my mind. But she, I said, oh, Lady Witchbeard, holy mackerel. And I used her first name and she said, you know, you know that's not my name. And I said, Lady Witchbeard's so formal, like you're a queen. And she didn't find that amusing. And I used my amusing, well, the voice I assume is amusing. To her, it was not. And then I said, geez, when did you get here? I've been drinking tea here every day for, and she said, for, you know, she knew. 
And I said, I just got a hot pot of, uh, of, uh, uh, sna- snail antenna tea. Would you like a cup of Rubios or whatever? Uh, really, not snail antennas. No snails were harmed. But I said, how about I pour you a cup? It's, it's imported. And she said, uh, she said from the, I think she said, I, I assume she said the Pit of Sarnak. I know she didn't say that because she is not into Star Wars. But then I said, oh, I said, geez, you look, I said, you don't look great as a matter of fact. And then there was a pause because I was, and I said, no, no, no. And she said, I don't feel great. And I feel irritated because some buffoon. And I said, well, did you, did I just make you look, I said, you're looking like pale green. And I said, is that my imagination? Am I insulting you? Because this is true concern. Or inquiry, at least. And but but that's not important right now. But it led to me breaking down, maybe, well, or so I thought, and saying, "Geez, this is my chance to get to know Lady Witchbeard a little bit better." And if you, she's a, a pirate, a witch who became a pirate. And I kind of, I said, man, I would love to hear some of her war stories, her her 12 seas. They said she was a pirate on the 12 seas, if my memory serves correct. But, but I could tell she needs, she needs a kind of a friend, maybe. Or she, she was doing a solo R&R, I think. I said, have you just been cooped up here? And then I started to wonder if this was like a grand plan of the people that ran the bed and breakfast to get me to help her without paying me. Or just get me to, I said, are they like one of those TV shows? Instead of traveling to worlds to help people, they bring the people to their bed and breakfast to help them find their way. And I'm the person they manipulate to assist them in helping them find their way. But not only do I have any no control because I'm being manipulated, or no say in the matter. And then someone would say, well, maybe they're trying to help you. Uh, but in this situation, I think it was just I liked uh, Lady Witchbeard. On a variety of levels, I was intrigued by her. She's a strikingly beautiful woman, uh, I'll be honest with you. Even though, like I said, she was a little, but but we started to spend some afternoons together. But she was quiet, and I, and I, I could recall she was a much more. I didn't think she was Gregorious, but I could tell she had a heavy heart. Or, like she was like a fish out, like she's like was a fish removed from her sea, or I guess like a. A pet that's not meant to be a pet. You say, why is my Gila monster so sluggish? Uh, because you have a cage, idiot. It's a wild animal. Oh, okay. Why is the Gila monster so temperament? But so I said, I said, geez, how can I? Part of me said, how can I help this person? I said, what do we? I tried some probing, like, what are you eating? You know, are you getting some? I said, let's open these French doors and get some air in here. And that took a few tries because she kept resisting. And then I said, you know, and I said, are you eating any greens? And And she said, not funny. 
And I said, and then we said, it was kind of like a sequence in a movie. At least I, that's what I would tell her. I, I kept trying to get her to laugh. I said, maybe getting her to laugh will bring the green back to, you know, to her skin and her face in the glow, a green glow. And some of you might be like, uh, this guy's, you know, had one Gregory McGuire too many. And I would say I've had, no, I said I saw Wicked, but I think I was drunk. So I don't, but, but possibly. Uh, but no, 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 this isn't that kind of tale. But yeah, I would like fly around on a broom. I mean, run around on it and crash into trees. But it wasn't uh, a pretty woman. It was not because she did not find. And I said, geez, what? And then I said, geez, what about some, some tunes? Because I knew when I was singing that got a rise out of her. And for a while I started playing just random random songs, or I'd say, geez, you got to check this out. And she would say, eh. But then she had a thing for, for haunting guitars and, like, folksy stuff. And and even now I can remember the exact moment that we were there in that, that cottage. And a cottage is one of those rooms, it's like a combo room. It's got a bed tucked away in one part and the sitting room, living room, bathroom and a little kitchen, French doors. But we were sitting there and it was in like the laziest part of the day, you know, like right around 2, 3 p.m. It was hot out there in the garden, but not too hot. And when we listened to music, there'd just be this quiet between us and I could tell... There was something about these haunting songs in my attempts to amuse Lady Witchbeard that she seemed like she was coming back. And I remember this song started to play, and it played all the way through, and she said, play that again, and it was a longer song. And then the second time as the song, she stood up, she said, play it again, and she stood by the speaker, and she listened to this song play. And she had this look on her face. And now, you know, this is the moment uh, everything turned upon. And I was like, is she intent? Is she curious? I couldn't tell. She I said, what is, what is it? What you, have you heard this song before? And she said, she said what, what is this? What is this song about? And uh, my answer to her, unfortunately, steeped in, like, an ignorance that was uniquely mine. And also, maybe what I thought was good intention, but maybe was steeped in, like, a, a sexual desperation or attraction to her. And also just a need to please her. And, and a desire... I said, Jesus, was a, a desire to help her, a desire to release the tension. Not only my yearning tension, but also to say, Jesus, in some childlike sense, I want mommy's headache to go away. I don't want any uncomfortableness. I want to go back to the five minutes ago where we were lying together in quiet peace, listening to the song. But there was tension. I could even see it in her neck. Her veins and her tendons were standing up in her neck. 
in her cheeks, and 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 I, I told, as I gave her my answer the first time, it came out of my ignorance and my desire to be witty, maybe, but also for my whole cultural window that came from my education and my difficulties and my biases, my interests and in my what I I. My mind chose to remember what it chose not to. And, of course, my taste in music, which is like uh, and what I chose to fixate on and what I chose to play for Lady Witchbeard. And all that would intersect in this moment when she wanted to know what this song was about. And as I explained it to her, everything would explode forward from there. It was like, it became like this one miniature big bang that pro- propelled us from that center point outward. And in, in this sense, it continues to propel us in, into an unknown, but not necessarily create. I said, oh boy, this isn't good as I explained it to her and saw her reaction. And we'll talk more about this was the current unknown it propelled us in was right back in the deck of that ship. Uh, the deck of the ship at where I was face down after hearing that and seeing the puffs. I said, oh, Pirates of the Caribbean. And I hit the deck. And I lied there, cringing. I said, geez. And I started to wonder... Again, the limitations of my knowledge. Cannonballs. Shoot, I should learn more about it. Before I got into this event, I said, I wish I knew, do cannonballs blow up? Or are they solid or are they little tiny? I I think I've seen the little tiny ones. But the big round ones, are they hollow and they blow up? Or are they just hard? Because they said, geez, I'd probably rather... And then, you know, and this probably going through my head pretty fast, but I said, I hope they're not cannonballs, but that sounded like it. And I always had a tendency to overreact. I think I told you guys once how, I think it was my first car accident. It was my dad driving my brother, this kid, Eric, and me were in the back seat of my dad's car. This little tiny turquoise Isuzu, either a two door or four door car, not a, not a, and uh, he, during a snowstorm, a head on collision. I think I had my seatbelt. I know Eric did not, and he hit, he hit the seat in front of him, but not a, a pretty slow crash. But as soon as the crash stopped, I popped out my off my seatbelt and dove out of the car. I said, everybody get out, and I rolled away because I assumed the car, as I've seen on TV a million times, would explode. And it did not, and everyone looked at me, even my younger brother and my his friend Eric, which were and my dad and the man that was in the... They looked at me with a mix of confusion and amusement, as I lay in the snowbank in, like, a stop-drop-and-roll position with panic on my face for everyone's lives. But in this case, a long silence was punctuated by laughter of the crew 
of the ship we were on, and then Lady Witchbeard saying, Jarm, get up, get up, Jarm. And I said, she had taken a call to me, Jarm, which is a whole nother story. And she said, they're not shooting at us, Jarm. Come here, join me. And they say, hey, Lady Witchbeard, I know we're, are we in a battle? I said, I think Jarm has already been taken by some other characters including some mentor-mentee situation. I said, are you my mentor? And then I was like, can you be a lover? And I said, never mind, dude. And she said, Jerm, join me. And I said, hey, again, I don't even know what side of the ship we were on. I had snuck aboard some stuff to learn. Uh, but as I you know, got up off the deck and, and there was you know, puddles of water on the deck, the crew was snickering at me. I kind of felt like a primordial puddle of bacterial ooze, like a germ. But she called me over to the side of the ship where she was watching. And the the, the fog had lifted, the curtain had separated. And on the stage, in this sense, was one ship firing on three others. Cannon fire after cannon fire. At a distance, it was... Uh, it was a cool sound and a concussive, but at a distance. And she said, Germ, tell me what you see. And I said, that ship's fire, you know, it's a battle, sea battle. And I, she laughed and she said, well, what's happening? I said, that ship's shooting at the other ships. And she said, she said, well, who do you think it is? And I said, well, from what I know about this situation, I said, this is probably... So, I said, is Cuba and Hispaniola the same thing? I'm not sure. But I'm pretty sure they sent some people here, so it must be a battle between them. And she said, look at the flags. They're all Spanish flag. There's no, okay. She said, look at the flags of the ships. And I said, I said, you can see all that? She said, look for the colors. And then I noticed the colors of all four ships were the same, the Spanish flag. And I said, it was, I said, yeah, maybe it is the, the Q. And, and then she said, look closer, Germ. And I said, how do you look closer if you're at this? And she said, what is happening? And I said, I said, that one ship's sinking. And she said, you see, watch this shit. And, and, and she said, come on, Germ. And she said, and I said, oh, they're not fighting back. And she said, more germ. And, and I said, and she said, she's sinking the ships. Said, the ships are empty. And she said, I'm going to my cabin to wake me, you know, raise me. I'm not sure because I was so embarrassed, you know, when, when they're sunk. And I said, well, geez, do you think they saw us? And she was already gone. She had gone to the captain's quarters. And I was alone with the crew. And they were, you know, they said, germ, germ, you know, they they were giving it to me. And I said, this is my first sea battle. And they laughed at us. And I said, thank goodness, you know, they had a laugh at that. But I'll be honest, uh... I, 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 maybe it was the fear had released some adrenaline in me, but I was in the embarrassment, but I kind of was, I said, I said, uh, 
you know, they were they were trying to make fun of me or bully me in some sense. And I said, I was like, fuck you, pirates. You know, and I said, you want to shoot? I said, what do you want from me? You know, you, you and I said, you guys owe me. You wouldn't even be on this ship. And they said, and they said, oh, this is all Lady Witchbeard's doing, not yours. And I said, really, you owe this whole mission to me. Otherwise, you'd be stuck wherever the hell you would. And they they said, you don't talk to a pirate like that. And I said, you're not even pirates. You're sea cowboys. And I said, most of you are cowboys. She captured us. And I said, I thought she took out all the real pirates except for a couple of you. And I said, there was one guy called Peg Leg Joe in my head. I was afraid to call him that to his face. And luckily, it was most of the cowboy types. Well, now they're in pirate garb, so it'd be confusing, but uh, believe me, I could tell the difference. Clean-shaven, for starters. Cigarette smoke. But I say, you know, I, I was pissed. But I, and then, uh, but mostly it's bluster, but they were mostly blustering me. And I said, what the hell? I said, I've not been on a ship before. Obviously, you know, I'm, here, I'm here for Lady Witchbeard, and that's a lot of you. That's not a lot of you. And then mostly I just yelled. Whoever made fun of me, I'd yell back at them. It was somewhat effective, maybe because I was so angry. And they knew they couldn't get rid of me. So that might have given me a little more attitude or edge. But I don't think it earned their respect, believe me. Because they we kept just going back and forth. And in some sense, I think it, I, I kind of was like feeling superior to them. And maybe that was triggering their irritation. Because I just talked down to them. Like they didn't even deserve to be making fun of me. So I had like a superior edge. And then the second ship started to sink. And then quickly after that, the third ship lit into flames. And we kind of watched for a minute. And uh, it was quiet. I said, I said, well, hopefully this is when they accept me. Uh, but then I said, well, geez. And then I noticed it was quiet. So I said, I backed up because I said, well, don't leave, you know, your back to a bunch of crabby pirates or something. They'll probably try to trick you. And then I said, but don't walk backwards away because they said if I tripped over something, then they'd be ahead. And so I turned around. And at this point, our ship had kind of, you know, was drifting on an anchor. So we were, we had gone from parallel to the shore because this battle was taking place off the shore. It was someplace, I couldn't tell you, it was green. I saw some beaches, some hills and stuff. But mostly the fog, which had kind of lifted, but not enough. But what we had turned... Uh, and I saw off the other side of the ship coming from the other side. Something was coming at us big. And at first I said, well, maybe that's just like uh, something. But I noticed, I said, I think it's moving towards us. And I said, Jesus, is some... First it looked triangular. I said, Jesus, a ship. But I said, it's moving towards us. It was getting bigger. I said, oh, shit. And as soon as they, and then one of the guys said, what is it? I said, go, go, go get Lady Witchbeard. And they said, what is it? I said, fuck, get Lady Witchbeard, quick. 
And the guy was, he said, what is that, a water walker? And they said, okay, but it was some, I said, yeah, it's a giant. I said, is there giants? It was a giant coming towards us, a giant human. And they said, are you sure? They said, no, no. I said, yeah, look at perspective. They said, they said look at how big it is. They said, it's just an illusion. They tried to talk me out of it. And I said, you can see it. I can see it. They said, look at the trees and the hills. They said, it's, it's getting bigger. It's a giant. It's coming in our direction. And you can start to see the the outline. And it, got, it, was, it was moving pretty fast. But I don't know if it's the adrenaline. And, you know, I said, Jesus. And I said, I said, I was a little smarmy with these guys. They said, maybe it was their ignorance or perspective. I don't know. Or the, uh, that I, was, uh, I don't know why I was taking delight in that a giant was coming at us. But I started to see shiny armor on the giant. And I said, that's the giant conquistador, boys. And they said, conquistador. They said, what? And I said, conquistador. I said, maybe conquistador. I said, I don't know. I said, look at the helmet. And then we could see. And it was a bit, it probably, at this point, it looked 30 feet tall. And it had one of those giant. And I said, I, I mean, I, was, I said, I'm surprised it's got that helmet. You know, they have those in the pictures. And it had a breastplate on. And they said, what the hell do you think? And I said, I think it's skating towards us. And then I heard a lady, she said, what is it, Jarm? And I said, it's a, a conquistador. Lady Wishbeard, giant conquistador, and she said, "She said, and, she, and I said, I'm, 'I'm pretty sure it's Hernan Cortez, pretty sure.' And then the guest, so again, the crew, and I think I, part of me was doing this to put them in their place, because I said Hernan, and I said, no, I'm not even sure if that's proper pronunciation, but it made me feel good." And I said it again. I said, "Hernan Cortez, my Lady Witchbeard. And she said, how can you tell? And then some guy said, yeah, how do you know? And I said, it's a guess, but look at these eyes are cunning or just gleaming from the reflection of the water. But those eyes, that's not a mere soldier. And, 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 and I said, he's doing some sort of water uh, water dance, ice skate, ice dancing, they, when they call it that. But I said, this looks like dancing, like a ballet. Like ice skating should be ice dancing, and ice dancing should be ice ice moves or something. Uh, and he was just at ease, like gliding towards us, like a kid, like, like again, a kid on a pond, uh, at ease. And uh, then Lady Wishbeard, she said, Jarm, Jarm, you never warned me. And she said, this, she said, she was trying to shake me out of it. I said, oh, geez, I guess I'm, I've fallen into some sort of. And I said, she said, this is magic. And I said, well, cool. I said, something's weird. And she, and I said, geez, well, wait a second. My, my uh, reaction isn't totally, you're right, there's a giant. And I started to panic. And then I started to panic because the lady Witchbeard was really mad at me. And there was a like a thirty foot conquistador, somehow skating across the water right towards us, and he was grinning. And I said, I said, and I grabbed Lady Witchbeard, 
And I said, which, what's, what's the safest place on the, I said, what is, and I said, fire all cannons. And they said, we can't aim the, he's coming at you. They said, we can't aim. And I said, no. And she, she, Lady Witchbeard, Lady Witchbeard said, uh, you know, Jerm, you should have, she should have told me, you should have told me. You know, she said, you should have known it was magic here. There's, and I said, I know him. And I was trying to figure out what to do, and I grabbed Lady Witchbeard, and I dove overboard with her. Because that's all I could think to do, which maybe, and and then right as it did, as we dove, uh, Hernan Cortez, I'm assuming, or giant conquistador, Spanish conquistador, he went back with his foot and just kicked the ship, our pirate ship, or well, not my, technically Lady Witchbeard's pirate ship. He kicked it like it was a football, or I don't know, I don't even know again, my ignorance, what sport, I don't know if they played football back then. But he kicked this thing hard, and there was a crunch of of, uh, of wood, but, but I think there was just a little bit, because he said, geez, he's got a nice, uh, and he kicked this thing, and the ship sailed like, I don't know, it headed into shore, skidded, and smashed up against the beach not far from where the ships were firing on the other ships. And the debris had hit Lady Witchbeard, but I grabbed a piece of debris. Now, luckily, out of uh, now luckily out of all my my narrow skill set, swimming is one thing I excel at. I was never on the swimming team. But Cortez seemed satisfied with his kick. And I said, that's strange. And I said, what? Anyway, he'd kicked our ship. And I I had a piece, a couple pieces of wood. And I had put, put them under the lower back of Lady Witchbeard and took her by her arms. And I did a back, back kick towards shore. And I knew I'd make it because I said, uh, wasn't on the swim team. But for some reason, I'm a good swimmer. And I said, Jesus, with the backflip in these boards, I'll make it to shore. And so Lady Wishbeard and I headed towards shore, towards where I estimated our boat had been kicked by a giant conquistador. And But that, that's probably the best place to stop for tonight. And yes, yeah, it'll make more sense. But it doesn't even make sense to me how I ended up here. It was a part of this curse for a curse deal. Uh, but what what, what what I got myself into. But at least I was clinging to Lady Witchbeard, which was, I said, geez, you know, she, she, she looks a little peaceful. And I hope you guys are peaceful rocking as I carry you to the shores of restfulness. Good night.